just before we start, I need to make sure you're okay with the fact that I'm recording. So if you could just say that you're okay with recording. I am okay with the recording. Okay. And then can you also start by saying your name and spelling it for me? Brian Richard, B-R-I-A-N-R-I-C-H-A-R-D. Thank you, thank you. And then I just want to say or reiterate that when I ask a question, if it's possible, could you, like, repeat the question and the answer? No problem. Yeah, and... All <sighs> right, so... I'm trying this new thing where I'm gonna play a little icebreaker game. It's okay. called Rapid Fire, and it's just gonna be ten really easy questions, words or phrases, and I'm gonna need you to say the first thing that pops in your head. Gotcha. It's just like a fun little, fun little game. Okay. Okay, ready? You have no time to think. When I say a word, you have to give me your exact answer. Okay. Fresh off the tongue, like. Okay. Okay, ready? Fresh off the tongue. Ready? Ten. Ten words or phrases, okay? Favorite song right now? Midnight Sky. Favorite cuisine to cook? Asian. Go-to cocktail drink? Moscow Mule. Favorite chef? Alex Garnicelli. Guilty pleasure TV show? Real Housewives of Atlanta. Cookies or brownies? Cookies. Beach or lake? Beach. Favorite guilty pleasure food? Chips. Favorite ice cream flavor? Um. <laughs> Time's running out. Time's I running know. out. Peanut butter chip. If you could have dinner with anyone right now, who would it be? Anthony Bourdain. All right. Wow. Oh my God. That was <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Those were some interesting answers. I was really just trying to go. You were doing really well until you got to ice cream flavor. I know, that was really tough. <laughs> There's so many flavors, like I can't just like pinpoint an exact one. <laughs> Alright, so I'm sitting here with you. You're a graduate of the CIA with me, same year. We are what, almost two years out of CIA? Um, I'm almost one year out. Oh, okay, right. There was a little gap. I graduated last December. Yeah. Different different worlds. You're from the business side, I'm from the applied food study side. Yes. It's just it's a whole different world. It is, definitely. <laughs> so what why CIA? Um the world's premier culinary college. Where else was I gonna go? You know? I mean, there's a lot of talk between, you know, the rivalry of Johnson and Wales and CIA, and there's ice in the city. I mean, really, like... I mean, when I hear that talk, I think it's incomparable to what you're going to get at the CIA. Okay. And did you always know that you wanted to be I a chef? Did I didn't always know. I knew in middle school, like, for sure that it was the route I was going to take. I mean, I know you did art a lot in high school, too, and art's a big part of your life and you incorporate it into a lot of your work so what made what made you choose being a chef not an artist or do you see them as the same thing I think I can express my art through cuisine as well as you know I can still do my art on the side whereas like culinary like cooking you kind of need like some training to show you those classical techniques whereas doing art for so long throughout school like I was able to learn basically all the skills that I need to know. And if there's something I don't know, then I have a lot of people who are also, like, involved in art that I can run some ideas with, like, <laughs> and figure out, like, what I need to do to achieve the results that I want in my art. And there's, like, 
the internet now, so, like, super easy to, like, figure out what I'm trying to do as far as, like, my artwork on a canvas. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a different element of art in terms of food? I mean, a lot of people perceive art by looking at it, but we eat food. Do you think there's any sort of, like... I think there's definitely a connection because you eat with your eyes first, so, like, obviously your plate needs to be beautiful. Like, every plate is an art piece, so, like, same idea, different different worlds, I guess, you know? You're going to eat your plate of art, whereas your art piece is going on a wall. You're going to look at it every day. Right. So we've spoken a little bit about art, and this is our queer food podcast, so... I have to say, you have spoken about your experiences as a member of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you just tell me a little bit about that? I mean, how was that? I know you grew up in Texas. How was your life in Texas growing up? Did you, you know, connect through food? What were your experiences through food and being a member of this celebrated community? Um, I think that food was... In the beginning, more of an escape because I struggled with weight issues. So, you know, just, like, retreating into food as something that is, like, kind of an escape. Like, food is not going to talk back to you, you know? So, you just kind of, like, lose yourself in it. And now, like, as I'm, like, older, I know that, like, food is something to be, like, respected. And, like, you should, like, respect your ingredients and know where they came from. And, like, as far as, like, I don't know, like eating responsibly and just, like, treating food as something as, like, nourishment Mm -hmm. instead of something to, like, glutton in, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have... Is there any sort of experience in your childhood that you maybe can recall that you were like, this is the moment, like, this is when I know that, like, food is my life, or was it just kind of, like, a gradual thing? Because, I mean, for me, I didn't know until maybe high school, but now looking back, I can connect the dots. Were there any dots that you could connect, maybe? I think a major dot was, like, the first time I made dinner for my family. I, like, put together everything, like, protein, two sides. Mm -hmm. It was a, like, dish that my mom made a lot, which was smothered chicken, which was basically just, like, braised chicken. And it was, like, the first thing I made for my family, and it just came out really well, and seeing the reactions to something that I made was something that just, like, drew me to food, just, like, seeing how people react to something that you made and just, like, making people happy through food. Yeah, I mean, food is really powerful, and I think a lot of people underestimate it because it's something that we all do and something that we all need to survive, but, I mean, there's a lot of things you can connect to making food, preparing food, sharing food, and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I just want to talk a little bit about the current state of the food industry and everything that's been going on lately. I don't know if you know, but we're currently in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Yes. Um, It's kind of rocking the restaurant industry all over the place. Definitely. Um, But, I mean, we're also seeing this big reckoning in the food industry. I mean, we have the Me Too movement that swept through the entertainment industry and then shortly after, you know, kind of kicked the door down for the restaurant industry. Mario Batali, all these big names getting called out. It's a crazy time. And then we also have the Black Lives Matter movement, George Floyd protests, you know, that's sort of erupting. And we're kind of bridging these worlds between representation and, you know, respecting each other as chefs and individuals. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you just had any words or thoughts or experiences as a queer chef and a black individual 
about the restaurant industry right now? Have you seen anything changing? What do you want to change? I think we're definitely seeing more people held accountable for their actions. Um, as far as my own experience, I think that being a queer chef and being like a black person in the first place, like going into like a new job or an interview, like I, as a black person, like I'm always thinking about how I'm presenting myself because you know, there are stereotypes and there's misconceptions about black people and like people of color and how <clears throat> they operate in the workplace. So that's one thing I have to think about when I'm going into an interview. I have to like make sure like I'm looking professional. Like I shouldn't have to take into account some of the things that I do, but I know that I do. Mm-hmm. And as far as being a queer chef, I think it's the same thing. Like I want to be respected. I want to be taken seriously. So I don't want to say I have to like tone down who I am, but you kind of have to tone down who you are. Until you know that it's a safe space and it shouldn't be like that, but that's the way it is. I mean, do you see anything about that changing? Because I understand, I feel the same way. You do have to tone yourself down a lot of time and you constantly are thinking about how others are perceiving you. But, I mean, after everything that's going on, especially, you know, Bon Appetit, they got called out for not just not representing people on screen, but there were some homophobic slurs that were thrown around. And, you know, it's 2020... We have marriage equality. We have all of these great things going for us, but it's just, it's not over. And I think as chefs, people really count out a lot of the queer chefs and they're doing amazing things right now. Brooklyn, take Brooklyn. I mean, it's a hotbed of mm-hmm. all of these exciting queer chefs and they're doing all of these, like, they're these original things. They're really putting themselves out there and you just don't hear about them as much. And, you know, some normal, a normal person would probably ask, like, why, like, why why aren't these people being prodded up like all these mm-hmm. other chefs? One is it's money for sure. Like it's definitely money. Definitely. But you know, the other thing is I don't think people are ready to fully acknowledge all of the hard work and all of the advancements in this career yeah. path that LGBTQ chefs have brought to the table. Yeah, I think we're definitely bringing something new and fun and creative to the table that should definitely be celebrated and shown in the day-to-day and it's not and i know that you just actually started working again in a restaurant after the whole crazy covid Mm -hmm. 19 you where were you working before again so back in march i was starting at the met they were they're opening a cafe downstairs they're still building it was for bon appetit management company and i was due to start there literally the week that new york closed down so i kind of had to just like pause and rethink my life and I ended up going home um I say what was that five or six months and I just got back here in August and since I've been back it's been kind of crazy just like interviewing doing trails and I've interviewed and trailed at a lot of great places and and I think that now like with the most recent interview that I did at the high high room um I just feel comfortable there. I mean, the chef's really amazing. She's doing some great things with the food. It's really fun. And I think it's just like a... I think it's a great kitchen. Like, I feel really comfortable there. So I'm really glad that I found some place that I feel comfortable working in. And I know recently you've been kind of doing this vegetarian diet and this responsible meat eating. You're only eating, you know, meats on certain days. And 
I know that's really played an important role in your life and how you source your food and how you cook your food and mm-hmm. how you respect the food. And do you see anything that could maybe happen at this new place? I mean, there's some exciting things going on in that kitchen. Do you think I think that <laughs> I think some new things could come out because I think the chef is really creative and open-minded and as far as the whole vegetarian thing and eating responsible, I went to like the butcher shop, the meat hook, and I researched their farms and I like know that they're getting their meat responsibly, pasture raised and organic, so I know that it's a safe place to shop for my meat. And actually, at the High High Room, she's sourcing a couple of meats from the meat hook as well. And all of her products, she knows where they're coming from, and she's like sourcing as locally as she can. So I think, as far as responsibility, I think she has a good hold on it. But I think you can always get better and do more, you know. So I'm excited to see what comes next. Yeah. And how's that compared to your first job, which was Pizza, pizza Hut? Yeah, yes, Pizza Hut. It pizza pizza Hut. Hut. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, that was yeah. Pizza was my first job. Um, but I think it's important to know. Yeah, that. I think I value that job because um, high volume production is a big part of the industry, and having that skill set and being able to work under that type of pressure is definitely something you need to be able to do in this industry. So I'm glad for that experience. And I'm glad that that was like one of my first experiences, mm-hmm. like in a kitchen. Right. It's just like, let's go, like get it out. Yeah. And I mean, you can tell, I think I can take the liberty to say you can tell who has that high volume production experience mm-hmm. when you first start CIA and you see like, okay, this person's already like, mm-hmm. they have their station set. They know what they're doing. They have time management skills yeah. and, I think I, I vividly remember starting CIA and remembering, you know, you and a bunch of other people in our starting class because it's so amazing to see people mm-hmm. and how much skill they already have at such a young age. So just to see you grow from the time I met you to now is actually, like, one of the best things. It's, it's wow. nice to take a step back and see, you know, and recognize some of your own success and your own growth. Mm-hmm. And it's really great. Thank you. I think you've grown a lot as well, too. And that's, like, a big thing. Like, I don't feel like I give myself enough credit for what I've done already. I always feel like it's not enough. So, like, even, like, having two degrees, like, I always forget that I do. And I always forget to mention it. But, like, those are two big achievements, which is, like, I should be proud of. Yeah. And especially during this time, you know, it's nice to hear people congratulate you and Mm -hmm. mention and bring up your success and acknowledge all the growth that you've had, especially in this crazy year for everyone. It's been honestly unfathomable to even try and explain it. Someone tried to to ask me um, if you could describe 2020 to someone in 2019, how would you do it? I don't think... (laughs) I don't think you could. <laughs> I don't think you could either. I think it would um, honestly be like trying to explain climate change or something to somebody. You just like. <laughs> well, that's a topic for another episode. Maybe you yeah. can come back and talk about <laughs> climate change on another one. But <laughs> so we've really been talking a lot about CIA, and it's a big part of our lives. You know, we're young professionals in this food industry, and you know, we had kind of a hold through COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. but. For me, CIA was very... I think of those as such formative years in my life and Mm -hmm. figuring out, like, where I want to go, what I want to do, who do I want to be when I grow up, you know, all of these things. Um, What was that like for you? What did did you think you wanted to do when you first set out to CIA? 
think starting at CIA, like, it was a pretty generic, like, dream I wanted. Just, like, owning a restaurant, being a chef. But going through the whole experience, like, the school teaches you so much and you realize there are different avenues you can take. You can go into the beverage industry. You can go into nutrition. You can open your own business. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. You could open a bar, a topless bar, like anything. So I think that... Oh, fuck, I forgot the question. <laughs> That's okay. I just... I, I was trying to say... What was the first thing that... Oh, the first thing I wanted to be... I definitely think I wanted to own a restaurant, but yeah. that has totally changed. But I, I guess what I was trying to say or get to is, did you did something change for you? Because I know a lot changed for me. I think a lot did change. And also doing the bachelor's program, like, I'm really glad that I did that because doing the associates, it kind of... It opens doors, but it also kind of leaves you cut off because your options are more limited, whereas doing the bachelor's, you kind of have more doors open so like you don't have to be in the kitchen for the rest of your life like right. you can move into like management or even like apply food studies like you have and move on to do your masters or something like that so I think definitely doing the bachelor's was invaluable to me yeah I think a lot of people kind of go in with one thing that they have in mind that they want to do and they come out either totally mm-hmm. doing a 180 and going in a different direction or they stuck to their guns and they were like I came mm-hmm. here to own a restaurant, now I'm going out and I'm going to open my own restaurant. Yeah. But what I want to know from you is for those people that are going out, especially a lot of the people at CIA, because you know when they when we graduate, they mm-hmm. tell us like this is your industry now, like it's up to you to make the change. What would your advice be to people who are opening their own restaurants and creating these spaces for people in terms of representation? You know, what do you want to see more in this industry? It could be anything from LGBTQ representation to more focus on black chefs or indigenous cultures and their cuisines. I mean, we're finally starting to see some of that in the mm-hmm. mainstream, but it's. I think we still have a long way to go. I would definitely like to see more representation of like African cuisine because we did a little bit of that in my advanced cooking class during my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. And also... Besides representation, I think that a lot of restaurants could do better as far as food waste. Because New York City has a huge homeless problem. And I doing all these trails and going into the restaurants, I like back-to-back just like noticing restaurants still throwing away food when it could just be saved and given out later instead of being thrown out. Right. Yeah. I 110% agree. That's a terrible problem that we have right now that I think a lot of people are getting caught at the moment being a little mm-hmm. hypocritical at least in my opinion because you know we tout all of these things like sustainability food waste and all that but you know when I go to a restaurant you're still handing me a plastic straw mm-hmm. so and know. even if you're have the reusable straw if you're throwing out food then it's kind of just like trading one for the other I guess yeah um all right, well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule thank to be you here for with having me. me. I know really it was kind of short notice, but I'm really grateful. We have some exciting people lined up wow. to talk to. I don't know if I can disclose that information <laughs> quite yet, but you are our inaugural guest on I this exciting honored. project, and I really hope that people get to hear because. I know there's a lot of graduates from the CIA and there's a lot of young professionals in the food industry right now Mm -hmm. who 
are going through similar things and having these experiences, I know it'll be really nice for them to hear your story and all the other people's stories that hopefully I get to talk to and mm-hmm. they connect some way with that because I think that's really important for people to know that they have someone out there who's experiencing the same thing. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for having um, me. You can follow Brian on Instagram at easy underscore... Or no, B underscore easy. B <laughs> underscore underscore easy. E-A-V-Y underscore underscore. Oh, okay. I should leave the handles. The, the handles on Instagram and Twitter are getting out of control. Because <laughs> I can't tell what's one underscore and what's two. So A lot of people can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to make sure to let other people say their Instagram and Twitter handles unless I think I can handle it. But... Thank you so much. Um, We really enjoyed having you today, and good luck with everything in the future. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be had. (laughs) Excited to see what comes next from you, too. Cheers to a hopefully less tumultuous and brighter 2021. Cheers. (laughs)